introduce you. I mean, I am totally down for letting the guests introduce themselves. And that starts the episode, but just just so we have... Let's not be crazy. Uh, welcome, everyone listening. We have a guest. Guest, would you like to let the people know who you are? Hi, my name is Michael Sigilito. I am an actor currently living in the New York City area. I am friends with Daniel and Marcus uh, via university studies. <laughs> yes, it's pretty great. Yeah, and you've got a dog, right? I do have a dog. She's lying in the hallway next to my little recording alcove. What's her name? I didn't know you had a dog. Her name is Ibsy, I-B-S-Y, kind of like the makeup brand, but that's I-P-S-Y. Uh, she is probably a husky. That's what they said on the paperwork when I got her, and uh, Cute. she looks like it. So I'm going to go with yes. I wish I had a big dog like a husky. I My aunt's dog is so small. It's a bummer. No, she punches me in the mouth sometimes, <laughs> and so I would not say that that is something that you want. Well... I don't want to. We're not gonna. We're not no gonna do a. Me. Part of me is like, we're not gonna do this, but we are. But not to like totally one up you. But the dog my aunt has literally will bark at me if I use the bathroom in the middle of the night, and it's like, leave me alone. I'd rather get punched in the face. I guess I am more into that than to. Uh, <laughs> then what? More into being punched in the face than if than being barked at. I think that'd be fun. Danny, oh, how does it okay. feel to be digging the hole deeper and deeper? I, it doesn't feel like I'm digging a hole deeper and deeper. I feel like I'm just being honest with everyone right now. It's good to be honest with people. Uh, I'm proud of you. Do you have more like facts about yourself, Michael? When I was just a lad uh, in my hometown of good old St. Louis Louis, I learned how to juggle from a priest who was in the circus before he became a priest. And his name was Father Augustine. He currently serves. I think he's at Huntington Beach right now. Um, his life is way cooler than mine. <laughs> um, I just came back from a trip from Canada. That was pretty cool. Um, I am very much into the arts of stage combat, and I have been recently researching how to get into intimacy, direction, and coordination, which is focusing more on like the quote-unquote spicy scenes in plays or TV shows. So, for example, like on Game of Thrones, whenever there's some like smooching happen happening, uh, that's that yeah. line of work. Respectable. So yeah, 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 because cool. consent is cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I wanted to ask the champagne. Sorry. <laughs> Why did you? We were so no, good no, at not no. talking about the current thing that's going on right now as we're recording, and I was like, "All right." Like we can, we can talk about it, but there's not much more to be said. No, no, there is. No, no, I don't want to talk I, about I, it. I, I'm with you, Michael. 100. Yeah, of course. Like, everyone we're all with you here. It's, it's nonsense that anyone is like arguing about it. I did want to mention something that I think is I was interested when Danny brought me this little piece of news. And I thought this is great St. Louis news for Michael, if you know the place. Um, yeah, the, the but, Moolah Theater. Yeah, do you know what we're talking... So, the, for the listeners, we have Michael's reading our show notes, but the Moolah Theater and Lounge, at the time of this recording, has announced that it will be closing permanently. The Moolah Theater and Lounge... What? Are, are you telling me I'm wrong? I mean, it, it wasn't j it just announced. This happened... Okay. 
Mark has more to talk about here. Don't get me wrong, because Mark is the one who went to the theater way more than I did. But I'm the person who figured out it was closed because I had a friend visit me this weekend who's really into like art house movie theaters. And we went to see back in college, Sorry to Bother You at the Moolah. And I was like, it was such a great theater because it's like you sit on couches and it's basically like an IMAX size screen and you get to like watch a movie and drink. And it's so cool. And so I Googled to see if it was still open in case my friend ever went to St. Louis. And then it said it was permanently closed. And it's been permanently closed for about two years now. It closed like at the beginning of the pandemic and never reopened. Oh, Lamau. Yeah. Okay. Now wait. <laughs> I just St. Louis, St. Louis attractions have a knack for quote unquote closing forever and then coming back, a la the Loop Trolley. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, i.e., literally ninety nine point nine percent of the population of the planet Earth and then some. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a trolley in an area of St. Louis near Forest Park, so like the Art Museum, the zoo, stuff like that, called the Loop. And for a time, there was a trolley that just ran up and down the Loop, and that's it. And you had to pay to use it. And it was pretty much slower than you walking. And it was not air-conditioned. So all of these things combined formed uh, the Captain Planet of why does this still exist? So they shut it down. Um, and then... They brought it back just in time for the Panera Bread Company, the Panorama, the pandemic, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then they recently announced it's going to be open, I think, from September to October as like a trial run. Well, and they've, it's be they've been trying that, that for a few years. Yeah. I've been, I, this, this actually, I am more aware of this than I am of the Moolah Theater closing. Like the loop has been kind of like, the loop trolley has been kind of coming back on and off for you know, I mean, pretty much since we were in college together. Since we were born. Yeah. Um, but the the thing about the Moolah Theater that was... So this... In St. Louis, it's not like New, New York where there's like three of everything, it seems. But like Forest Park is kind of the, the woodsy center of everything artsy in St. Louis. And it's it has, Central Park of St. Louis. Yeah, truly, because yeah. it's right by the museum. There's the Muni right there. It's like, oh, this is a good parallel. Yeah, but I wondered, Michael, have you ever been? The Moolah Theater is a couple, or it was a couple blocks um, east of Forest Park. Had you ever been over there? I had been there one singular time. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not like. Do you know? Do you know the Chase Park Cinemas? Probably. Okay, so the, this is a, this this might be my news and no one else's news, but Ooh. Forest Park is a rectangle, and it's a large rectangle. But then you have Chase Park Plaza Cinemas, which is a movie theater inside of a hotel room on the upper east corner, and then you had the High Point Theater, which is a little smaller and more artsy. I think the High Point is another single screen movie theater on the southwest corner of forest park um and i remember going to these different movie theaters kind of back and forth when i was younger do you you've been to the um the landmark cinemas do you know what i'm talking about tivoli's still closed yeah so and then it's interesting the tivoli is actually the north (laughs) the northwest corner of forest park because that's university city so it's bordered by these three um three cinemas and then the moolah theater it was 
a few blocks from the Chase Park Theater in the hotel, which was kind of in the uppity part of the neighborhood. And then the Moolah Theater was this really nice refurbished building, but it was kind of out of the way. And it was still near a university, but it was it was a little harder to get to. And it wasn't part of this like there was like the college town um, in the northwest where the Tivoli was. And that's where like you can go to Fitz's root beer. And that's where the taco place there. Yeah. And a karaoke. Which one? Uh, Which one? Well, let's see if I can find it because I actually have it open on maps because I wanted to make a joke about uh, I was thinking Mission Taco. I guess that's not that great. Oh, yeah. Is that good? That really local, not a chain at Look, all. Look, I'm just saying that's where I went. Leave me alone. That's not by Never. where I live. Does any is any of this ringing a bell for you, Michael? Mark, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, do I look like someone who would go to the artsy films, or do I look like some guy who's going to go to the Weirenberg Theater and watch Spider-Man 2 starring Tobey Maguire? I mean, but Spider-Man 2 would probably play at these theaters now, right? Yeah, now. Yeah, I know. Now. I yeah, because those are Tivoli. cinematic masterpieces a la The Room in Movie 43. However. <laughs> what? Are you going after my, my Sam Raimi movie? <laughs> my entire, my, my whole plan tonight was to make Mark make one of like the trademark noises that he does when he gets frustrated. And I really hope you got it because, my God, it was so good. It's just so hard for me to bring relatable content onto this podcast. I can bring something relatable to St. Louis. What, what is it? And I very explicitly, the reason I looked at the map is because I was like, what is the name of that street that has the really stupid name? By the I will fight you on this. I will personally find you in New York tomorrow. What, what road do you think I'm going to say is a dumb name? <laughs> I can think of 87, but if you insult my city, I will personally You can insult Chicago as much as you want. I don't care. I insult Chicago. Yeah, because Chicago, Chicago has bad baseball teams. Okay, whatever. I don't care. I don't pay attention to baseball, so it's irrelevant to me. Accepted. Yeah, that's the point. What are you gonna say, Dan? I'm say saying it. the name Skinker Boulevard is so funny to me. Skinker. Yeah. Let's hear your let's hear your replacement, Daddy. Oh no no no! See, I don't say New York and don't say Lime Ferry, Dottie Ferry, or Spady with an O and no A. Well, all, I was gonna say was Skinker. I remember me and Julius once had a pitch for like a, a short film we wanted to do. Where there was like a murder on Skinker Street, and like no one understood what Skinker Street was. I remember <laughs> it's that. Just Skinker Street. There's been a murder on Skinker Street. I just want to say for all of our New York stink. listeners, if you go to that theater, the Skinker Street is where you park your car to avoid congestion <laughs> and paying for things. So that's why I know about it. So you go down the loop, which is the main street <laughs> where everything is, and then you have to, it's like by the Tivoli, but then you go down that side street, that skinker, and you can just park there. So I just want to throw that Mark, out there. You, Mark, did you know that there's a massive parking lot right by Fitz's root beer? Why That's on free? earth would you use the parking lot by Fitz's root beer? I mean, I'm going to be honest, I didn't park on like, Skinker Street when I went to the... Like, that's the whole point, is you want to avoid the parking what's lot. What's the name of that bar that's but by the Tivoli? here's the thing, if you know Blueberry when Hill. to leave, Blueberry Hill's a banger, we love that place. Yeah, I went to the last summer. If you know when to leave, Marcus, mm-hmm. i.e. just wait, have a good time in the loop, you have so many things to do. Pretty sure I pa- parked on Westgate just on the street, looking at this map. For anyone who doesn't know, the loop is kind of like... 
I don't know if I know New York well enough to really compare it to anything, but it's sort of the college town part so of St. Louis. So probably like East or West Village. Well, not so, um, much West, not so much West Village. I don't know. East Every- Village is pretty young. Like Doc Holidays, like that yeah, area. East, Tom- East Village Tom- is a good Tompkins analog. But that's that's the part that's over by um, Washington University. NYU? No, no, no. Oh, no, are no. you talking about St. Louis? I'm talking about St. Louis, yeah. I'm I was trying like, to think of, I'm my brother in Christ. The loop to people. Oh, okay. Yeah, think of it like, go on a map, look at St. Louis. You'll see a big green rectangle. That's Forest Park. Go like three blocks away from that. You got the loop, and it's right by Washington University, or Wash U, if you know what you're talking about. Um, it's it's pretty poppin', I would say. It can be poppin'. I think that you really... The thing about... I don't know. The thing about St. Louis that I like is that it's empty. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, relatively, yeah. Well, rel- like, relatively, but it being compared to New York, everywhere is empty. That's just what I like, is that, like, you can't... Say, if you want empty, my brother... Th- Alaska is a very open state. It's true. He's right. Yeah, but I mean, He's like, you go to Central Park, you're not, just any park, you're really not going to find, Central Park isn't like, a state. If you live in Alaska, it's not an open <laughs> It's not, I was, I don't know who I said this to, but there's a big difference in New York between public space and free space. It wasn't me. Um, I was every being a... public space, if you try hard enough, Mark. It's true. That's how I got panhandled. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you, yeah, did you, you get loved in New York already? To the, I, <laughs> to the less fortunate, Danny. So I think we should uh, first off before I oh, answer yeah, the question. Oh yeah, big surprise <laughs> to the listeners. Really, this probably this might be the worst audio quality of any of our recordings, but there's a good reason for it. Because Mark and I are sitting right next to each other. Yay. Yay! So we'll figure that out in about a week. Have fun with that. Anyway, well, no, well, I was I I, do, I get panhandled. That thing happened. I mean, you you got asked for some money, and then you were a little bit generous uh, generous with it. Yeah, yeah. No regrets. How much did you give him? <laughs> Answer the question, please. Speak loudly and clearly into the microphone, please. Sixty dollars. You gave someone sixty dollars. <laughs> Danny, you should it's just really, put a sign around your neck that says, I'm not from it's here. It's really just funny, you know. No, no, okay, it's really funny looking at this entire situation I got myself in, and then I let myself do this, because I never give out money in Chicago. But yeah, as soon as I some guy's like, hey, can I have $60? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? That's kind of, I mean... My parents are the people who used to always be like, I wish they still had McDonald's gift certificates so I could hand out McDonald's gift certificates. That's my mom and dad, though. Michael? I'm learning so much. Michael, would you like to be entertained? What is that? Would you like to have? Would you like to have? Would you like to have? What am I being propositioned for here? I, you like, I need more context. Would you like to have some fun, Michael? Are we about to play a game? Yes. yes. Danny's gonna give you a game. All right. So my game is called the Letterbox Game. Letterbox is a social media site where I review my movies and. Somewhat recently, they've added this feature that tells you what algorithmically is the most related film to the movie that you just watched. Oh, no. Okay. So so the letterbox game is I have a movie in front of me. I will give you the five most related films to it. You have to guess what the movie is. I remove. Oh, oh, okay. I remove any film in the same franchise and I remove any film by the same director. After two guests, you will get the year the movie came out. I don't know if that'll be helpful or not. But then after that, you get two more guesses. Each additional guess 
we'll give you another movie. So you can get up to seven related movies by the end of it. Now, normally we do a movie I've seen the last month. For you, I have themed these movies along plans for my current New York trip. Okay? Okay. These are all movies that I would be shocked you haven't seen. They're all very popular movies. Okay. They're mostly popular movies, but I know you've heard of the one that might not be popular. I'll put it that way. The Phantom of the Opera, final answer for all of them. So you ready for your first round? <laughs> um, I might be. Let's hear them. All right. And I will not be playing because Danny's sitting right next to me with yeah. his movies open. All right. So. Oh. And yeah, I'll, after each one of these, I got to explain to listeners why I'm giving you it, just so you know. Okay. So, all right. So your first five films for your first round are, and there's three rounds. There's three rounds. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So your first round. Super 8, Mac and Me, Starman, The Iron Giant, and Signs. Am I allowed to hear the movies again? Yeah, 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 sure. I'll go read them for you. Okay. S- Super 8. Okay. Mac and Me. Okay. Starman. Okay. The Iron Giant. All right. And Signs. Okay, there's no Stranger Things Oh my god, Danny, what the hell are you doing in New York? This is a classic movie. This is one of the classic ones I've seen. Okay? A classic movie. Yeah. All right. I'm focusing more on Super 8 and uh, The Iron Giant because those are the ones I know the best. Um. All right, I'm going to err on the side of... Oh, I'm going to err on the side of animation. And going with Iron Giant, I'm going to go with... Uh, some another unsung animated movie classic. I'm gonna go with Treasure Planet. No, it is not Treasure Planet. And this is something I tell you is I have the top twenty five most related films also open, and Treasure Planet is not in the top twenty five related films. Okay, all right. So you That's get another guess for me. Yeah, yeah. Before I get the year the movie came out, if that helps. All right, let's let's see what what tastes like M Night Shyamalan. That's an animated movie. Oh. That's such an eclectic group. I went out. If no, it, if it helps it's... you, and I'm not saying one way or the other, but I don't, only one animated, only one of these movies I gave you is animated. No, I know. That's okay. why I'm like I'm, I'm I didn't, know if, on I didn't know if you knew Starman because I feel like Starman's kind of a niche film. Yeah. No, I, d- I don't really know Starman, Mac and Me, or you don't know Mac and Me. No. That's the thing that Paul Rudd plays when he goes on Conan. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Always. <laughs> do i look like someone who watches conan i watch a bald guy play chess on youtube for fun um drop his channel uh it's northern lion if cool. you're a chess fan one play me in chess two watch him um back to the movie trivia game that i'm really bad at yeah um let's go with avatar but the blue people avatar that is a fair guess. Pretty good guess, I'd say. Uh, it's not in the top 25, and it's not the answer. So now you're going to get the year. Okay. The, it will not help, but let's hear it. The year is 1982. 1982? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wade. <laughs> what? No one's allowed to bully me if this is wrong. Okay. Is it Roger Rabbit? No, that's not – I'm not going to bully you for that, but that's wrong, and it's not in the top 25. Oh, okay. Um, I thought I thought I thought it would have been that because we were talking about it before the show. Nah. Before we started recording. 
No, okay. I was very careful to avoid discussion of any of these uh, three. Okay. So okay. Um, but your sixth film will be Lilo and Stitch. Another. Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Uh, bleep me out if I'm not. Um. <laughs> oh, another animated film. 1982. Can I give him a kind of hint? Yes. Uh, wait, no, 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 no. You gotta go all the way. You gotta go all the way through. Fair, and then if Mark wants to give you one extra hint, that's allowed. <laughs> but he's gotta wait until we go through the actual uh, well, course of I, the game. I think you'll play this round and then you'll get it. Okay. But just that. All right. Never mind. Never mind. Let me go with. Hmm. 1982? You're asking me things I wasn't even born with, man. I would be extremely um, shocked if you haven't seen this movie. I wouldn't, but we'll find out. Um, is it The Goonies? No. Good uh, guess. Yeah, it is a, that's probably your closest guess, even though it's not in the top 25 either. What the? I know, that's what weird. The? I'm actually surprised The Goonies is not in the top 25 here. Um, so your final film, and then after I give it to you, I have to recap for the listeners at home if they're playing along, okay? Sure, sure. So your final film, which I don't think is going to help you because I don't really know this movie, is Flight of the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator? <laughs> I don't know what this that, is. <laughs> is that not just an action by a person? I guess it's a movie from, uh, looks like, 1986. But anyway, uh, your films, this is a film from 1982. Yeah, it's a recap. It's a film from 1982. Your seven films are Super 8, Mac and Me, Starman, The Iron Giant, Signs, Lilo and Stitch, and Flight of the Navigator. That one, the last one didn't help. I know it really um, does not help. Because <laughs> now I'm trying to go with like... Oh, no. Now, now it's kind of tasting like a coming-of-age film, kind of family-friendly, kind of dark. I don't know when this movie came out, but I feel like this is as good a guess as any. Um, is it Stand By Me? Oof. No, it's not Stand By Me. That is also a good guess. That is also not in the top 25. So, Mark, what is This it? algorithm is trash. Give me your hint, Mark. No, 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 no. The algorithm's not trash. The, the, the thing is, and you'll get this as soon as you get you get what the answer is. But you got to think about these things more structurally and in terms of their genre. There's like usually there's some kind of dynamic okay. in the movie. Okay. And that's that's really how I found Letterbox makes these algorithms. Oh my god, there's aliens. They all have aliens. I swear. I mean, maybe Flood of the Navigator does. We don't know. Yeah, who knows what's in Flood of the Navigator. <laughs> Listen, with the name, we got Lilo and Stitch. We got the Iron Giant, which is maybe a Russian robot, maybe an alien. I can't remember. It's been a while. Um, but, like, Starman, I assume, has aliens. Um, signs, definitely. Is it, it's War of the Worlds. What? Is that your guess? Yeah, that's my guess. I'm going with War of the Worlds because so, aliens. War of the Worlds is a very good guess. Oh no! It is actually the next film I could have potentially given you. Oh my god! Uh, could have. Um, but now I will give you myself one last hint, which I give in this case is that I had to remove two films 
from the same director, not from the same franchise before okay. we got to this point. So think okay. of a director who's done movies that are like the ones that are like this and has just try to, we'll see if you can, we'll see, we'll see what you get. And if you can't <laughs> no. get it, then I'll just tell you. I don't want to stand here for five minutes racking the brain of the guy who Again, knows this that is a classic movie named. that I'd be shocked that you haven't seen. I'd be shocked if you don't know the director's name. I know two director's names off the top of my head. One name is J.J. Abrams, and one is uh, Zack Schneider. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> We're kind of surprised by that, but okay. Well, I'm, well, not, no, I'm, not, a, I'm not a movie buff. I'm not a movie buff. That's the fun part. I feel like uh, well, no, 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 you, we'll you give it, you get, well, because you were, you were right being like, what do these movies have in common in terms of like characters they have? True. Right? I'd say one of the movies that, two of the movies here, three of the movies here could be listed as remakes of this film. Like very casual, maybe four was, I think all the. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I would say it's Super 8. Reskinnings of this film. Yeah. I'd say Super 8, Makami, Starman, and Iron Giant are all... I swear to God, if it's the original Superman movie, I'm going to be pissed. Do you want to guess that? Yes. All right, you're wrong. It's not on the top. But you're going to feel... Well, first off... Well, you're going to learn. You're going to learn. First off, I got to ask you a question. Have you heard of the director known as Steven Spielberg? Do you, oh, do you know that name? Fuck that guy. Is it... Yeah. I didn't think of him because I didn't know... I, I didn't know where we were going. I had to remove Close Encounters of the Third Kind and AI... And the film this is is E.T. the Extraterrestrial. I was gonna guess E.T. Yeah, Give him the next one. Wait, I have to explain why we did E.T. There's a there's a reason for all these, okay? This is yeah, this is how yeah. I'm telling the listeners what I'm doing on my trip. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. That's right. So E.T. is actually something I'm not doing on my trip, but it was part of my plans because New York has the biggest IMAX screen in the US, and currently there is an E.T. IMAX re-release. Unfortunately, I happen, me, the movie nerd, happens to visit New York during the first week of its renovation. So it will not be open for another three or four weeks. Oh, it will my, not be here when I'm God. here. Oh, see, I heard about the ET re release, but I didn't know. I didn't know that you were like big IMAX guy, like big movie. Oh, 100%. I big was so. IMAX guy. I was so jealous of this guy seeing Nope in IMAX. Yeah. So jealous. Nope. By the way, Nope, fantastic film. No, yeah. we all agree. Nope is great. Um, I could see nothing right, now, on this. Now I, now I, now I think I'm. I get yeah, the premise you, a little you bit. Feel the vibe. That was a practice run. It doesn't count. Um. Okay, but I'm not giving you an extra run. <laughs> I, I only okay. have three I lined up. Yeah, Danny is That's very, okay. Really, all right. In like the. All right. Are you are you ready? You ready for the next yes. one? Yes. All right. Let me make sure I can. <laughs> it's gonna be really funny. One of these, I say. Um. Okay. All right. Your five films are. Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Moulin Rouge, Cats, <laughs> that's the one I'm laughing at giving you, uh, The Greatest Showman, and The okay. Beauty and the Beast live action remake. Okay, so I'm sensing a theme here, movie musicals. Um, I would like to, okay, it's not, I know it's not going to be the new West Side Story because we talked about it, and you said you were avoiding talking about these films. So I'm using context clues. Um, live, they're all live action as well. All right. Okay. Cats is kind of in that weird gray area where no one knows. I'm gonna go with Les Mis. <laughs> what? Les Mis. Final answer. Les Mis. Um, not the right answer, but you know what? You were very lucky with that because this means you're gonna get an extra movie because that would have been the next movie I give you. 
which means now yes. you might get you might a, get a more movie. helpful hint. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, right. Les Mis would have been the Basically. movie I give you on your another guess. another live action movie musical. Got it. Um, I would like to guess the remake of Cinderella. Yes, that is on there. Very, it's on the list. Yeah, on the list, but that's not the All film. Right. These are very good guesses. Yeah. I'm throwing I'm throwing darts near wait, the Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Now I gotta give you the year though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The year I'm is twenty fourteen. See, if I watched movies regularly, I would know because I know it's a I know it's a live action movie musical. I just don't know when movies come out. Um think think back to where you were in your life in twenty fourteen. Learning to drive and just wanting a girl to like me at my all-boys private Catholic high school in St. Louis. Live-action movie musicals, 2014, sophomore year, learning to drive. Uh, uh, you said learning to drive. I just immediately thought of that play, How I Learned to Drive. How I Learned I to like, Drive. <laughs> that, like, really, really atrocious, not as in, like, it's a bad play, but, like, oh, my God, that happened. Yeah, that, um, yeah, that play, yeah. Yeah, great play. Great play uh, you yeah. should read it. But, I, like... <laughs> Trigger warning for sure. Oh, um, definitely, yeah. I thought you were talking to me. I'm like, I have. I was like, oh wait, no, you're talking. No, 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 no. That was like general <laughs> statement to the world. Yes. Um, <laughs> as we get sidetracked, I'm going to go with. I'm just racking my brain. Like a lot. Uh, no, it's not going to be that. That was way too recent. Um, shoot, dude. Uh, I know this isn't the right answer, but I'm saying this so I can get another movie. I would like you to hit me with Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, starring Donny Osmond. Not in the top twenty-five. So, but you do get kind of shocking, actually. Which the next hit is "Mamma Mia." Oh, that would have been a good guess too. Um, oh my god! I and the the thing is, I'm getting it now. I get the I get the concept. Oh, but they made too many. They made too many movie musicals. Um. Oh, wait. Let me guess Phantom of the Opera, because I don't know when that came out. Phantom of the Opera is in the top 25, but it's not the film. So now I will give you your last film. Which is no longer Les Mis. Yeah, well, actually, Les Mis was going to be before Mamma Mia. Mamma oh, Mia was so, going to be your last okay, so, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but you're okay, good. Okay. Um, And this last one might help you out a bit. But let me again remind me remind you when I'm done. I got a recap for the listeners at home. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So... But your last film is Frozen. Oh, that's not going to help. Oh, well, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but it's a film from 2014. And your seven films were Sweeney Todd, Moulin Rouge, Cats, The Greatest Showman, The Beauty and the Beast live action remake. Then Les Mis, you got as an extra one because you guessed it. And then Mamma Mia and Frozen. So really eight films. Okay. So the animated one is the least like it, but... There's still that element of it's like broken families coming back together. <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad when you tell me because I'm not gonna. Get I have one more hit lined up that might help you out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll but, throw you a guess and then I will. Uh, I will beg for that hint because that might be the saving grace. Um, if I had to hazard a guess, no, Moana was 2016. Um. I would like to throw the hat in the ring of Brave. Brave is not the film. It's not the top 25. Now, my hint I have for you 
is of your guesses that were in the top 25, which, if I remember right, were the Cinderella remake, Les Mis, Phantom of the Opera, uh, and was there another one, Mark, do you think, or was it just those three? I think only one of those is important. Well, that's not... Um, was it those three guesses? Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. okay. Those are the only ones in the top 25. One of those <laughs> were removed from the original five for you for a reason. One of those three guesses were removed. And it was Les Mis, the Cinderella remake, and what was the last one? Phantom of the Opera. One of those three Phantom. were removed okay. from the top five original to give you for a reason related to this film. Okay. So unless... <laughs> and it's unless okay. It was... I'm going to tell you this right now. Also, I know you don't know directors, so don't think about directors. Like, I, okay. this would not, yeah. I wouldn't give you this hint no. if you the directors. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not the directors. It was removed probably because it's in the same universe. That's Mamma Mia. Cinderella. Live action. Mamma Mia was not one of your guesses. Your guesses were the Cinderella. Oh, yeah. It was, it was Les Mis, Mamma Mia, and... Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Or not Mamma Mia. I keep saying Mamma yeah. Mia. I mean it was Cinderella. Lit. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Is it Mamma Mia 2? Here we go again. Even though that came out in 2020. Um, Is that um, actually your guess? No. No, no, no. I'll tell you right now... Um. I'm not saying if it is or isn't, but Mamma Mia 2 is definitely not a 2020 movie, because I watched that in college in the summer when you guys did Mamma Mia at school. I remember, oh, shit. Yeah. So that definitely isn't 2020. Well, but then it wouldn't, but you wouldn't have told me Mamma Mia if it was Mamma Mia 2, because you would have You're taken correct, that I would have removed it, so. Yeah, you would have taken that one out instead. Oh, this is going to, this is going to make me so mad when you tell me, I can already tell. Um, let me go with, even though I don't think they made a movie of this. Uh, Love Never Dies, the sequel to Phantom <laughs> of the Opera. Uh, I mean, they, there's a pro shot of it. This is not Love Never Dies. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I watched the pro shot. It's, it is it's, what it is. <laughs> yeah, it definitely exists. Um, <laughs> do you want me to be nice and give you one more guess with a reminder? That you're trying no. to get... No, you don't. Well, okay. No. I'll, then I'll lead into this by saying... I don't want to torture these people any rem- Remember, Remember, though, I will still say what it is. Remember, yeah. this was trying to guess activities I'm doing while I'm in New York, too, that are related to these films. And, I know, but I can't... I well, like. Can you think of a movie musical from... I sh- no, well, it's not... Yeah, I can think of, like, movie musicals. I'm thinking of, like, the, the things on Broadway, and I can't... I couldn't... Because it can't be Beetlejuice. Well, my uh, then, I, then I'll just then I'll just tell you. So yeah, the movie I, I had to remove was Cinderella, because Cinderella is a featured character in Into the Woods. I fucking hate you. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, this is one of those ones where it's like, See, I mean, and okay, that's, but but wait, that that's why it tripped me up because there is a pro shot of the OBC Into the Woods. And so I was like, oh, it's from 2014. Yeah, but that's when the Meryl mm-hmm. Streep movie came out. But yeah, um, just for the listeners, yeah, Into the Woods is the only show I've pre-bought a ticket for because everything else I want to get, well, I'll do like cheap, you know, like, like Student Rush or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that stuff. But for Into the Woods, I wanted to make sure I had a seat. So I pre-bought yeah. my Into the Woods ticket. I mean, um, it's just, it is a star-studded, absolute powerhouse of a cast. Exactly. That's like, 
I had this week off from work anyway, so I was like, ooh, seeing the Into the Woods would be really cool, and then I can do a bunch of horses too when I'm there. And people are raving about it. Yeah, well, look at the cast, my guy. Yeah, it looks, I'm really excited for it. If I do not marry Sarah Bareilles, I'm going to cry. Go on. You ready for the last one? (laughs) I wouldn't say ready, but go for it. All right. Your films are Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Enchanted, Tangled, Beauty and the Beast, Frozen. That's fine. Oh, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Thanks, thanks, God. No, 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 no. What did you know what I was going to say? I was going to say maybe the the, the little match girl. The little engine that could. Yeah, that could be on here. You don't know. Nah, no, it's it's animated Disney movies. So. I mean, you're not going to get an extra hint, so it doesn't even matter if you take that. No, I know, yeah. Well, (laughs) like, yeah, like I was going to get it anyway. There's no chance I get it anytime soon. But, so, (laughs) things you're doing in New York, Disney movies. Um... I don't know if the New York thing will help you much anymore. The only thing I think that would have helped you if was Into the Woods. Well, then. <laughs> Why would you say that at the beginning? You're stumbling Because I want to help you with Into the Woods. They're thematically connected. This is this is the conceit of this week's Letterboxd game. Yeah. Oh, God. If this if I don't get this, then I'm <laughs> going to be our first full. I mean, I have gone whole episodes without getting any. I think this one is honestly the hardest one. So... Yeah. What no up? No shame. It's all shame. I'll feel so bad. Um. All right. First guess. I'm gonna hit you with Sleeping Beauty. Oh, oh you got it in one. Let's wow. go. Redemption. You you built up I... so well. You going like? How did you get that? <laughs> Um, well, <laughs> see, my process was, I guessed, and, um, God had pity on me. All right. Wow. So the divine spirits, that the was really good. put into my skull, say Sleeping Beauty, something about pricking your finger on a, on a spindle. Yeah. And what um, can I say? Talk uh, about a redemption. Yeah, um, Sleeping Beauty's on here because the very last thing I'm going to do on my trip is, go to bed. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's what we do right before we get on a plane. No, I, I, I almost, <laughs> I, I almost made Mark spit all of his water on his microphone. And as much as I would have loved that, one. that would have been bad. Um, no, um, the last thing I'm doing on Saturday, right before I fly out, is um, the Museum of Moving Image, which I've never checked out despite being here twice. They, I'm gonna first obviously look at the museum. And they're doing a screening of a film print of Sleeping Beauty that I am a film nerd and I have tracked this print for five years. It has not been screened in five years. So I will go see it and then I will catch my flight right afterwards. There's an animation story going to be there too. So that will be the last thing I do on my trip to see Sleeping Beauty on 70 millimeter. That's really cool. And I just would like to point out that, Mark, you are no longer the only person bringing unrelatable content to this podcast. Because if you would have told me that there is a 70 millimeter moving print of Sleeping Beauty, I would have said, did you just cast a curse on me? None of those words. <laughs> well, so, I'll have you know that we definitely had talked about film prints and millimeters stuff on the podcast. Yeah, I don't before. know if that, I think that episode is like the next episode that's going to come out. So 
I mean, and, and you don't have to have listened to the the show, but it's really cool. It's very large. What? Excuse me. What? I don't know. It's just it was like, yeah, it's cool. It's large. Let me see. Let me actually. I was gonna look this up. Like, I would believe a seventy millimeter print is seventy millimeters long. That would make sense. Wait, are you telling me that a seventy millimeter print? Is seventy millimeters, Danny? Mark, next, you're going to be telling Mark me that a two meter model. Mark is literally googling it right now. Yeah. Danny, <laughs> don't don't Danny. don't damn me, Danny. Me, go ahead, go after Mark here. He's the one who's Danny, like, whoa, what the is next, this? The next thing you're going to tell me is that a two liter model holds two liters of fluid. Well, actually, okay. <laughs> no, 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 I swear to God, Mark, if you tell me it holds one point nine nine, I'm gonna. No, yeah. no, no. I'm telling us. The real reason I was curious is because they measure juggling ball sizes in millimeters. So I wondered if that could like make it tactile. If we could say like, "Oh, a seventy millimeter film is like the size of a tennis ball." All um, right, let's go on to the game of list. Like let's just go. Would be like, "That's a large <laughs> thing of film." Let's go to the game of list. I think this is really boring. Um, I, I, me, the film geek, is like Mom, this part about the millimeters is boring. Let's go. I can't. I can't even. Okay. Here is the game of lists. I have to look in this direction so I don't look over your shoulder by accident. It's basically, I find a list of movies online, and then I ask Danny and or our guests about that list. So today, as the listeners, I'm sure, are aware, because they've seen the title of the episode, we're talking about The Prince of Egypt today. Uh, Prince of Egypt was DreamWorks' first 2D animated feature film. DreamWorks... Not Ants. It's not Ants. Um, (laughs) DreamWorks released four films that were traditionally animated in this style. Um, for both of you, name all four films in the order that they were released. Oh, I can't do it in the order that they were well, released. No, 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 you can't. I mean, every, every, that is no, one yeah. thing that I do keep consistent. Is no, I, yeah, it's like, it sounds well, I'm difficult, to see if I can but it's actually the, easier than you think. What is the fourth one, though? I'm just trying to think of what they are. Mm-hmm. Because, because the thing is, Michael, maybe you know them all, but I want to, like, I, the hard part I is going to be... In the, in the order. Well, but I, I got to remember the fourth movie before I can put it in order. The ones I, I rem- also can't remember the fourth movie. I, I have three of them. Well, you guys, you guys can talk one. it out. Oh, well, wait. Okay. Then w- wait. The three I, I remember are obviously Prince of Egypt. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Road to El Dorado. Yeah. And Sinbad is the one I remember. Oh, bro. I got the other one. It's well, Joseph, King of Dreams. Oh, does that one count? I didn't realize that one count because I thought it was direct to video. Nope. That one's direct to video. It doesn't count. Ah! Oh, oh, theatrical release. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let's, yeah, okay. Let me, let me let's say it. that it's it's got to be a theatrical release, too. Okay. okay, so we got three of them. We got to think okay. what the fourth one is. Because uh, Shrek was coming out. And that's also 3D animation. Yeah, well, no, no, no. I'm trying to think year-wise. Because I think Sinbad was the last one. I We've talked about this on the spot before. I have like an encyclopedic memory of when movies came out. And I know Sinbad... So you're going through the Rolodex right now. Yeah, well, Sinbad's 03. So yeah. and I feel like Sinbad's the last one because Sinbad bombed. We're working for yeah, this again. We're not. We're not going to be competitive no, yeah. on this because I don't know these movies no, as well. No, 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 no El Dorado. El Dorado came so out. Just, yeah, El Dorado came out in one, right? Okay, so there's either one in O two or in between ninety eight and O one. Probably between ninety eight and O one. So there's probably one before El Dorado. Yeah, I'm gonna assume since Mark said that it. Wait, is it Treasure Planet? Is it? Can we ask you if this movie is it and have it not count? No, I, I feel like it has to be a guess. I mean, that that seems like a bit of a bridge too far. Okay, I I'm, can't remember if 
Because I I don't I didn't watch humorous movies, so I don't remember them. Like the I, TV ones. I like I kind of no. I'm gonna hit you with. I think it is in in this order. And Danny, feel free if you don't want to give this. See, I knew I knew you'd you'd come there. You'd feel confident. You'd get you'd get something. Okay. No, we're. Go I ahead, think go. we're gonna. I think I want to go. Prince of Egypt, Treasure Planet, El Dorado, Sinbad. So Treasure Wait. Planet is yeah, okay. No, Treasure Planet's just not one of them. Treasure Planet okay. is a Disney product. So can I do a guess then? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my guess oh. is, because I had one in mind that I don't know if it's DreamWorks Wait, or not. No. So I'm going to go Prince of Egypt. There's a movie called Titan AI that opened against Atlantis that I've never seen. But I think it might be Titan AI. No, Titan AE, because it's after Earth. That's what it means. It's like, anyway. Yeah, yeah, Titan yeah, AE, Road Eldorado, Sinbad. No, Titan AE was actually a Don Bluth film. So I'm I'm just gonna give you what the fourth film is. That is Spirit Stallion oh, of the Summer. Oh, oh, fuck you. Oh, I yeah. feel so stupid. All right. All right. I and wasn't so, raised as a horse girl, Mark. How do you expect me to know what Spirit? I and think you, you know should what? know all of these because these actually, for me, this I when I looked these up, I was like, wow, these were my movies growing up more than yeah, they a were the deep Pixar cuts movies. that no one really knew, but everyone kind of Spirit knew. messed me up though because the thing is, even though yes, Spirit isn't the same art style, we were just thinking like human lead, but Spirit is a horse movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah, because when you think of DreamWorks, you're thinking of like people esque because like ants. And, All right. and like Shrek, because it's I like mean, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. the un—it's the unanticipated hero. I think, and just, it's like a kind of a person where it is a person. I don't think I'll get points for this, but I think Spirit is right before Sinbad, because I think Spirit came out around the same time as Shrek did. I would like to agree. I would like to agree and stay with Prince of Egypt, El Dorado, Sinbad. Sinbad. Correct. Michael, you had it exactly. And Prince of Egypt was 1998, Dorado was 2000, Spirit was 2002, and Sinbad was 2003. All right. Wait, so, Shrek okay. now, Shrek yeah, anyway. <laughs> so now we've got that list of the four traditionally animated films that DreamWorks has released. Um, now, list them in order of budget, from greatest to least or least to greatest. All right, this one I want to do competing guests on. Is that okay, Michael? Let's do competing guests. Oh on. yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, my guess is you can guess like within the nearest million or something. But... My... Oh, oh absolutely to... not. Wait, we have to guess absolutely. the no. I don't no, want to guess the number. You're gonna have to. I'm just saying that's a bonus point. No, I... matters. My my prediction. <laughs> it, my guess is personally, I'm gonna go. Sinbad is the most expensive because it killed it. I'm also going to say the same thing. So I'm and... not copying you. It's just okay. like. Um. Yeah, I have my list. And then Prince of Egypt because it established the studio, so it's going to cost a lot for some stuff there. After that, I'm going to go. Let's go. It's Elder. I'm going to go Eldorado then Spirit last. Michael. Okay. I'm going with Spirit is last because it's a horse movie. That's um, true. <laughs> next, I will go with Prince of Egypt third i'm going and i'm going least to most uh, i think the opposite of danny uh so then so uh spirit prince of egypt then i'm gonna hit you with el dorado is third and i'm gonna tell you why because they got elton john right in the music That's and true. then top of the list i'm going with sinbad because they were like oh my god we've made banger after banger let's pour all of our money into this film 
and then go bankrupt. Especially since it's post Shrek. That one I think is the one that's yeah. really post Shrek. So they're like they got big egos, and frankly, I like Sinbad. Yeah, Sinbad's but... pretty good. If I remember, right. I haven't seen it since I was a kid though. Yeah, I like... um, I rewatched it actually semi recently, and I was like. I think this is where I got my taste in women because Eris and also the other nice lady in that film, uh, they scare me and, but like in a good way. Yeah, and Eris is actually also voiced by Michelle Pfeiffer. That's why I had her on the brain when we were watching Prince of that Egypt. Tracks. All right. And also, so. you know, actually, now that I think about it, the whole time I was thinking Catherine Zeta Jones was in this movie, but she's in Sinbad, isn't she? So like. <laughs> Well, you kept thinking Demi Moore was in this movie, and you you were completely wrong. You can't just replace her with another black. No, no, I thought someone. I thought someone. Get off my back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. DreamWorks is my taste in women. Go on. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a style for these four movies, but it's it's interesting how y'all worked this out. Um, Your brains are in an interesting place for the narrative of my game. So I'm just gonna say right off the bat, Danny, you basically have it backwards. So, in order of budget, from I'm going to go from greatest to least. Okay. El Dorado had the greatest budget at $95 million. Spirit, John. Spirit had the second greatest at $80 million. The Prince of Egypt had the third greatest at $70 million. And Sinbad had the least amount of money as $60 million. So, Sinbad must have really bombed if it killed it that bad. <laughs> Sinbad well, must have done terribly. Well, they probably well, actually, they probably knew they were like going out, and they were like, "Might as well try to make a little money." That's maybe. Fair. I honestly, I should have thought Spirit could have been up there because I feel like Spirit is kind of chasing the same thing Prince of Egypt is, where these movies are kind of like. There's a time in the '90s, and I'll talk about this when we talk about Prince of Egypt. But there's a time in the '90s when Beauty and the Beast is so big and it gets that Best Picture nom that everyone wants the yeah. second animated Best Picture nom. And I feel like Spirit is definitely chasing that in the same sense that Prince of Egypt did, but Road to, Road to El Dorado doesn't. But then, as you said, Road to El Dorado has, like, stacked cast, it's, Elton yeah, John well, music. Fun, fun fact about the Road to El Dorado, a graduate from my high school plays Tulio. Oh, well, I know, that's not an interesting fact. <laughs> Kevin Klein? Well, I don't mean it like that, but, like, you always, that's always your... You, you can That's just like say that about any, any Kevin Klein movie. You can just be Jim like, yeah, exactly. I lived in my hometown. Jim <laughs> <laughs> Gaffick. Yeah, well, St. Louis is home to John Hamm. Yeah, so, I, I'll, I'll say it's that's an interesting fact, but I know your Kevin Klein games. So I have yeah, Kevin, nobody else does. Nobody Kevin else does. Inclined. I have one more question, and you guys were kind of getting there. But, okay. Danny, before you look up anything about the Prince of Egypt... Let me ask oh, you, you my last question. Cheater. Sorry, I didn't say anything. So, no, I was just opening it up to page four. So I just asked you about the budgets of these films. Yeah. I want you now to list them in order of gross revenue. Okay. That one, okay. obviously, obviously Sinbad's last. <laughs> yeah, so we well, we can work together on this one because yeah. I think we can both. I really want to hit you with um, The Prince of Egypt in gross revenue simply for the fact that out of all of those four movies, every single person knows the Prince of Egypt. Yeah, um, I also, well, yes, I think Prince of Egypt is on top, especially because it also comes out early enough that the animation marketplace is not super crowded yet. And it looks so unique, and everyone's like, whoa. Not only does it look top. unique, but it looks unique while also still be appearing like, oh, this must be like the Disney animated movie this year. Because Mulan yeah. came out in summer, and this is like a Christmas. 
I assume that's like how the schedule is. I actually don't know. Yeah. Um, so I think I want to go with top of the tier Prince of Egypt, um, El Dorado because they have the name recognition behind it. Uh, then Spirit because nobody remembers it, and then Sinbad because it was bad. Yeah, I think I, I'll go with that. I think it was just diminishing returns all the way down. Every yeah. movie came back less. Because yeah. I actually I know for a fact without looking at it that Prince of Egypt made a hundred million dollars because I keep track of box office on my letterboxd so i know it made 100 million dollars in the u.s now but i, I don't know about anything else are you talking box office revenue or period revenue like revenue total well i don't think they keep track of period revenue i don't think there'd be an easy way to find the home video sales maybe mark did in which case i'm screwed no, I, I'm not, if, I'm... if we are i'll move spirit up one because i feel like every girl owned a dvd of spirit direct, direct to VHS. <laughs> give me spirit oh, okay. All right, let's hear another okay. one. So you all are, it's so interesting how you all think of this because the story is much stranger by the numbers. So The Prince oh, of no. Egypt was the highest grossing film at what I found was a 200 million, actually. It might be 200, I don't know. According... I just know it's on the 100 million list. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it would it's... be on a 100 million list if it made 200. Cause it, you know. Yeah. Um, second is actually Spirit at 112 million. It might be 111 million. Are these US? By the way, are these US or is this worldwide? I believe these are worldwide. Oh, that might worldwide be Worldwide grosses. Yeah, I don't... Okay, yeah. go on, though. I only care about America. Well, I'll be honest. Uh, in box office tracking, international tracking it's only became around in 2012, 2013. So, so, for the time this movie came out... Sorry. So, it would have to be, no, so mean, it has to be US. Yeah. Sinbad uh, made 80 million. And El Dorado made 76 million which means that el dorado is not the only box office bomb but it is the only one that actually made less than its budget when it came out. Money. yeah and that wow. was no, that was the second film that they put out and they still made so, more. yeah well so i mean you were right sinbad like sunk it but it was more that they just stopped making traditional animation after they made sinbad it wasn't like sinbad was the first traditional animation that had bombed um, yeah, clearly yeah. it was um a lot of them. All right, we'll That's say so right upsetting. now. I'm opening up the domestic gross right now, just out of curiosity for all of these. But mm -hmm. keep talking while I load them. Yeah, I'm looking I mean, up. It's it's a. I I think I think I'll be. You know, you can fact check me. I think it's it's a very interesting look at how the arc happened because it really wasn't like it just petered out. It like it I like that Josephine's bombed. is in this one. It's in Simbad. Josephine's is in Simbad. Yeah. Uh, let me order these in the U.S. by how much they are. Uh, Egypt is the highest, and that's the only one that hit 100 in the U.S. Then Spirit made, and like it barely hit 100. It was like 101 million in the U.S., which is fine. That's about what Hunchback and Mulan do. Like, that is a good number. Like, $101 million. I would yeah. say that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, then Spirit makes 73 million in the U.S., which is honestly better than I thought it was, did. All the uh, horse girls were like, Mom, I have to go see this movie right now, and have, everyone needs to see it. Have you never seen Spirit? I feel like I've seen it twice or three times. El Dorado makes $30 million. $50 million, not $30. $50 million. I was looking at its opening week because I'm just curious, like, was there another kids movie out that, like, killed it? Because this, like, seems very low for what it is. While well, you just... look that up, uh, I ha and I think this will this will go along with, like, my weird first experience with Prince of Egypt that we, we'll, I want to talk about later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 
The only memory I have of, like, literally seeing the movie Spirit was when I was, like, four or five, and I was being babysat by my friend's mother, and we saw that, and it, it was put in. And I remember, like, there's Spirit, and then there's the, like, the tan-colored horse that is a girl that he's like, oh, would you like to horse marry me? And that is the only thing that I know about that movie. I don't remember, like, actually seeing it start to finish. I don't think I have. Um, uh, but yeah. So I don't that's know if I've my seen Spirit start to finish either. Mm-hmm. All right. So I don't have context for how Eldorado bombed, but I do have context on Sinbad bond. Sinbad's U.S. gross was $26 million. Um, which is significantly <laughs> way worse than Rodel Dorado. Um, so we were right in our hearts. Ro- yeah, Sinbad yeah. did not open the top five of its opening weekend. It was beaten by the sixth weekend of Finding Nemo. The sixth weekend of it being out. That is how bad Sinbad bombed. It also opened the week before Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl. So, so we wow. had two other ocean movies fighting for the spots, and the two better ones succeeded. Yes. Yeah. I will say, for anyone who hasn't seen any of these movies, I would I would rewatch any of these any day. I haven't. Oh, actually, I don't know if I've seen Eldorado all the way through. What is wrong with you? <laughs> that is a cinematic masterpiece. I mean, wait till you hear what I say about Prince of Egypt. <laughs> I can't. Well, that too. I can't say for certain whether Spirit is worth a rewatch, but I will uh, concur with uh, the three that I've seen. I would simply rewatch anytime, any day. I mean, we all yeah. know that if this podcast like gets to the point where we're caught off the Pixar, I'll make Mark keep doing it. And we'll have to watch Streamworks movies. I'm joking, obviously. You look very no, I mean, like I'm blindsiding you. I'm oh no, because you said you're about to blindside me. Honestly, doing the research for today's game, I was like. Man, what if we did a four-episode thing on just these DreamWorks? What if we, I would be, what if I would lose just my did mind. a Bugs Life for three episodes? We did, we did Bugs Life. It's about to come out. It's gonna. Well, by the time this episode's really out, just, it will have already come out. Yeah. I'm really just spoiling everything for myself, huh? Yeah. No, it's. I mean, you you just know what Pixar films exist. So. <laughs> All right. Shall we? Well, first, let's ask. Uh, we're gonna move on to our. Main, main event. Now, before, well, not really the main event. First, we gotta ask Michael a couple questions about Pixar. Oh, I thought that was the main event. The main like... event is Prince of Egypt. Sorry, Michael. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's the Prince of Egypt with Michael. What are you it's not talking Michael about? with the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> what are you talking about? I am the Prince of Egypt. Did Whoa! you not know? <laughs> wow. Okay, Michael, can you? How did you first encounter Pixar? I can't say for certain my first encounter with Pixar, but I can say my most vivid memory is watching Toy Story 2 because I liked it better than Toy Story 1. And I can tell you why. One, objectively, it's better because yes. Buzz Lightyear is not being a tool the entire film. It's the only movie. However. It's the only Toy Story movie like that. That's true. Sorry, go on. But it's the only no, yeah. Toy Story movie that these. Yeah, sorry. Go. But it also... <laughs> like made me actually care about these characters because in Toy Story 1 they were just kind of like haha the toys are alive we all want Andy to like us otherwise we're going in the trash but in Toy Story 2 we learned that these living beings can feel emotions of outside of like I don't want to die 
Uh, so we learn that they, like, have higher cognitive ability other than, like, my entire existence is to make sure this child is happy. Um, and we really see that when we uh, learn that Andy's mom was Jesse's original owner. Uh, and we see all that fun stuff. And that's my conspiracy theory, by the way, because uh, wow. Andy's cowboy hat is the same as the little girl's cowboy hat that owns Jesse. And where would he get that same cowboy hat if not his mom? Not because Woody was like a very popular toy. If you look at Woody's right, hat, like, I no, 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 I will not accept this because if you look at Woody's hat, it is brown. If you look at the hat Andy has and you look at the hat that the little girl who owned Jesse has and Jesse's hat, those three hats are significantly more similar in color and in design. So, Mark, rewatch Toy Story 2 while you're rewatching all your DreamWorks movies. Well, it's literally it on our schedule two, for two I weeks from like now. Weeks <laughs> I'm, I'm really just spoiling everything. <laughs> well, we, I, just, I haven't rewatched it. I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited to rewatch Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2 is... Oh, it's so good. Um, yes, but all this to say, also, it may, it had a bad guy that wasn't just, like, a kid with issues. It was, like, an actually, like, not great being. You know, yeah. I don't want to get too much into it because we will do a Toy Story 2 episode. But now that you say that, I realize that Toy Story 2 is kind of the prototypical, like, twist villain that we now see in, like, every single animated movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just redid the same thing in Toy Story three or four which one had the purple bear three Three. i mean well again we're gonna talk about toy story three in a while but i always the only like i like toy story three and i always let i always shit talk on it a ton and then i rewatch it like oh no i actually like it you know uh but i always feel like the take that i always get from people who don't like it are like it's just toy story two but longer and i'm like yeah that's pretty fair toy story two is a tighter film and it was uh, it was just so. I still like Toy Story three, but two is you better. You got Big Al in the chicken suit. My God, the, the traffic cones. <laughs> well, oh my, my God! One of my favorite things someone's pointed out to me is that Wayne Knight really isn't so many cla- like the guy who voices Al. He's in so many yeah. classic movies. He's in Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah, <laughs> he's. I mean, he's he's still like doing doing the thing. Doing yeah, he was in Blind Spotting, which I figure I, I don't think you've seen, but that was a really good movie with David Diggs from a couple years ago. Yeah. Um. So, Michael, Wait. what what about you know we we told you we're doing the Pixar podcast. What what draws you to the Prince of Egypt? Um, a lot of things. One, the animation's absolutely stunning because it was like it set up the precedent for like what a two D animation movie is. I also really like uh, that one scene where they go real two D and they go hieroglyphics uh, yeah. and I, every t- one. Uh, I never knew that animation could be horrifying until I saw that because being raised in a Western world, our closest thing to hieroglyphics is what we learn in like our geography class for the first time in like fourth or fifth grade. And we're like, ah, these pictures look kind of weird. And then I saw them moving and I was like, this is really uncomfortable. All this, because it's like that art style has different angles. Also, I took a lot of art history classes for my classics degree, so I know about, like, art, too. Um, so the weird angles, the weird, like, anatomy of hu- depictions of humans and hieroglyphics and then seeing it move also is really unsettling. So that part of the animation style is really, really cool. Um, also, the music is gorgeous. Um, I find it 
very interesting that my two favorite animated movie musicals are both uh, heavily religious-themed, and that's why I like the music so much. So, like, for example, Prince of Egypt, very heavily based on uh, Jewish music tradition. And then my other favorite is The Hunchback of Notre Dame, because listening to the Dies Irae and Ave Maria, all, the, all of those quote-unquote classic hymns, yeah. thrust into a modern depiction is just so good and the composers do it so so well uh they really convey the emotions of what the characters are singing about it's gorgeous so in an in, a, in an animated movie musical what draws me to this the animation and the music ah um, very nice yeah and i also like that um because sometimes they try to like leave the leave the religion to a minimum. For example, like in Hunchback of Notre Dame, they when they don't have to make it religious, they really don't. They try to focus on like, oh, it's not God judging you for wanting to kill a baby. It's the eyes in the statues of the church because the movie is called Hunchback of Notre Dame. But in The Prince of Egypt, they do it very well in that. They're like, yeah, it's a religious movie. It's about Moses. So they, yeah. the way they did it and treated it with the respect it deserves, even though they like, they kind, they changed the plot of like the original story in Exodus, but it's more dramatic that way. So it's better because in the original Exodus story, Ramesses is Moses's uncle because Pharaoh's daughter finds him, not his wife, but. In the movie, because they're brothers, it makes it so much better because now Moses is always in Ramesses' shadow. So that's part of like, oh, are you doing this because uh, d- d- what? Why didn't this was your home? Why are you trying to kill us? Why I called you brother? What is this? So it, it adds that extra flavor drama to push the plot. How familiar are you with the Charlton Heston Ten Commandments? Um, I know that there was an old man with long gray hair and a long gray beard and he was white and he yelled at them and it had really 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 bad lightning and thunder special effects all right uh excuse me commands. it's whatever well i'm i i kind of wondered because i'm i mean this is kind of, so we just watched the movie and danny what you you wanted to pop in with something well i mean we could just we have a we have a format, Mark. We gotta follow the format. What? What? How we what? first? Oh, how we first? Oh, that's right. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, He's, yeah. He, that's actually good discipline because yeah, my, my thing is going to get. You're, like, you're really fine, deep. Michael. He's the one messing up here. Okay, yes. you're doing wow. everything we asked you to do. What <laughs> the heck? Okay, okay, so Mark, Danny, come on. Danny, what? Where were you in your life when you Wait, first encountered the Prince of Egypt? We do have to do one disclaimer though before I answer this, which is that. Uh, and I'm surprised, Michael, you didn't ask us this, but it's okay, because maybe you looked it up. Why would he ask us anything? I know. But, <laughs> we a- well, no, no, because we asked him, why does he want to come on for this, not a Pixar movie, for our Pixar podcast? We didn't explain why this is a Pixar movie. or like. Well, I, I kind of didn't ask that because I floated Toy Story at you, and you were like, yeah, sure. And then I was like, then you told me we could do Prince of Egypt. And then, I, I mean, I know, Michael, you, you and I have had, like, talks about, uh, you know, like, Christianity and stuff like film. that. And oh, I mean, and yeah, and like this film, and like we, the works of Stephen Schwartz, I was like, oh, and 
yeah so that's i i kind of gave you this sort of toy story and you were like prince of egypt all the way yeah uh well i'll do you listen. have anything to add to that um no that is pretty accurate uh mark and i do talk about organized religion and philosophy quite often shockingly actually um but i will say given the choice between toy story and the prince of egypt are uh, y'all literally every day all day prince of egypt for sure all right i okay <laughs> this is i just gotta clarify for the listeners then why we're talking about prince of egypt like I, we gotta, we gotta oh. say, that's all i'm saying is like we gotta say well, how this qualifies oh, okay. I, for the pot I, I, michael yeah. you're good this guy's <laughs> mom dad is it, mom dad is it my fault no you're doing great son so the prince of egypt is directed by three people steve hickner simon wells both of who are not relevant to our podcast at all but the third director who is actually listed first because it's alphabetical is brenda chapman who does not go on to direct another film until 2012 where she also co-directs a movie at pixar called brave which was not supposed to be co-directed and we'll get into a whole brave story when we talk about brave eventually but it's a really good movie. Okay. I I should rewatch it before I make any comments on it one way or the other because I re- I don't want to come into this with a negative aura. <laughs> put it that way. But she directed this first, and ergo we will talk about the Prince of Egypt on our Pixar podcast. Well, right. yeah, because <laughs> it's how it's how she led into Brave, one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces of her generation. Um, yeah, you're more, I'm more likely to agree with you on Prince of Egypt, man. Come on. <laughs> this this is a detail. Oh, don't right? worry. I'll, I'm hijacking the podcast. We're talking about Brave now. No, we're um, not. We're going to talk about Brave at some no, point. No, we'll talk about Prince of Egypt. Um, but. Should we do the detour intro? What? The detour! I just need something to. I, you haven't heard it yet, but I put the screeching noise in so that'll be in the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny, what, where were you in your life when you first watched The Prince of Egypt? You know, I just came in from a flight from LaGuardia, and I took the train and the bus to get to Washington Heights, and on the way, I got panhandled by someone. Jesus but you Christ. know what? And then I got in. I was like, I'm ready to watch The Prince of Egypt for the first time in my life. And then Mark was like, let's get some chicken first. And so we got some chicken, and then we watched The Where Prince from? of Egypt. Where and then right after that, I decided to go on the Discord call. In defense Where of everyone, I'm pretty, I am I feel like someone asked you for money, and then you panhandled yourself. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, the way you told I mean let's be real, let's be real. You can't actually, I don't feel like you can say, I got panhandled. I think that's not like a proper, like, there's always a choice. Yeah, I want to walk that <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, you got robbed. Yeah. Like, you well, not get no, robbed. You didn't get robbed you either. Were you were swindled. Yeah, that, that, that's a bit close. You got, like, Jedi um, mind tricked. Yeah. Or not that wasn't a Jedi mind trick. That was just some dude being like, can I have some money? And Danny was like, here's all of it. Yeah, I should. It was it was a gesture of goodwill. Um, that was a Danny mind trick on himself. It's very, um, again. It's so weird it happens because I never give money in Chicago. <laughs> well, no, I like, mean there's nothing wrong with that. It was no. I mean that's it's no. great. It was all like, gonna get canceled I, for this. Episode. No, it's not. You know, it's only because you, it was good that you gave him money. It's just I knew you were coming like on a bus, and then you told me you you like gave away like a chunk of money on the way here and I, and I was partly like all right well great but also like my oh, god you get here okay 
Um, anyway, the people would uh, need to know where did you get chicken from? Oh, nothing. Nowhere important. I got it from Kennedy's because I just because they have like a a basket deal, and the place I wanted to get it from <laughs> is like. Is I it only... Popeyes Louisiana Kitchen? No, I'm actually off the Popeyes train of late because if they got Popeyes, I'd actually be like, dude, what the heck? I'd be yeah. like, give hey, me some New hey, York hey, chicken. Hey, well, no, hey, I mean, hey, I don't know how to. Hey, Cajun fries. Make I like Popeyes. I eat Popeyes at home though. The thing That's that I'm fair. on is like a local, maybe probably not like a local chain, but like John's Fried Chicken, which is like a Dominican place, and I love their food. We'll go sometime. I've only ordered like, excuse me, but I've only ordered like personal plates from them. I just knew that Kennedy's had like a basket oh, like a, deal. A thicky, a thicky could... boy, shareable guy. Yeah. So I, I just thought to go there first. But like John's Fried Chicken has like, you can get like uh, tostones and, and like strips of giant I love Tokino's pizza rolls. Um, yeah. Yes, Danny, you have a question. Uh, yeah, let's get back on topic. Uh, All right. So, <laughs> wait, I have more to say though. This um, this might be where I first encountered, but I wanted to explain why I've never watched this movie because yes. I feel like whenever there's a big movie like this that you've missed, there's a reason, and I know the reason for this. Uh, my parents have my. I, I come from a very Christian background, uh, and they obviously would have no issue with this film. Um, not like Punchback No Dumb, which I was not allowed to watch because it was too scary. I don't think this had an issue of it being too scary. I think it's just... It's as much scarier than Hunchback. I would agree. Okay, okay, but we can get into that. The hieroglyphs. We can get into that. But I think the real reason I never watched this is that my dad... I think the Ten Commandments of Charlton Heston is like one of his top 20 movies ever. So the whole idea was like, yeah, you can watch the cartoon one or we can watch the real one. (laughs) And so I never watched The Prince of Egypt because of that. Because I'm very familiar with the Charlton Heston one, even though I haven't seen it probably in about 15 years. But we would watch it every year on Easter. That or Sound of Music. Honestly, we'd probably watch both of them over the weekend. So That's a strong choice for Easter. Michael, air it on ABC sometimes. Yeah, air like t- Sound of Music. The, in- I actually asked you about that because I also watched the Ten Commandments pretty much every year. Because it played on ABC like uh, during Easter. Um Fun fact, I think the only year that it didn't play was 1999 because the year before something with Tom Hanks got more viewers than the Ten Commandments. So like in 98, Tom Hanks was bigger than the Ten Commandments and then they, they didn't Hanks do it in was 99. bigger than Moses. Yeah. Um, that's, that was almost what I wanted my game to be. It was like list of celebrities that said they were, that, that <laughs> said that they were bigger than that's religious figures. I was looking up, uh, this is such a tangent, but I was looking up because I was curious if the Schindler's List broadcast was that year. I know that Easter would not make sense for Schindler's List, but I know the Schindler's List broadcast was pretty huge because it was aired uncut without commercials the first time it was on TV. Oh, wow. Because... Wow. Yeah, because it was like, people need to see it if they couldn't afford, like, poor people need to see this movie. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. The only, really? I, I actually, the, the fun, I think the only other time I've heard list. of that happening, and it's such a weird comparison. Can you guys think? It happened in the last four years. A movie aired uncut on broadcast TV without commercials. I mean, so many movies could have come out in the last four years that people needed to see. You know what it's I mean? not the like, reason, though. It's, all right, been, I'll tough, just, it's been a I'll, tough time. All right, all right, all right. I'll just say it then. After Chadwick Boseman died, they aired Black Panther on oh, ABC for like wow. no commercials. Just that's wow, actually really cool. That. That's incredible. Yeah, I didn't and, know that. And they followed it up with like a 2020 special of everyone, you know, talking about it morning. 
That's really that. cool, actually. Yeah. My mom was like, great movie, but I had to turn off as soon as it went to the 2020 special because I don't want to cry. I wanted to talk about how I first encountered Prince of Egypt because it was probably around the same time that I was watching all of these DreamWorks films. And it's weird because of the ones that we mentioned and compared to a lot of other Disney movies, it is the most religious. And it was really, it was really affecting to see this movie because at least in the Catholic school where I went to school, like media was a really big part of that education. I was thinking, Danny, as we were just having this rewatch, like how many times I've seen the re that. Sorry, what? <laughs> I had to air quote the re for me. He said, as oh, we were rewatching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is like a partial rewatch. I'm the I'm the only one who did a rewatch. For, I'm the only one who did a rewatch for this episode. <laughs> I went Apparently to Catholic school too. I you were making some deep cuts. Yeah, um, but I it was like I've seen I've seen footage of like History Channel recreations of the like Pillar of Fire scene and the parting of the Red Sea like so often. Um, so this part this movie really became in a way that I was just absorbing all of this different media and kind of making sense of the soup, it became part of my religious education because mm -hmm. of its unique perspective and also its portrayal of the Old Testament God, which I think, I mean, at least where, you know, Catholic is really one among many denominations in America, but with Catholic, it's much more like New Testament and nice God and forgiving God. And this movie is very much the opposite of that. It's very much like, you know, the Jewish God is one God among many, like, powerful tribal gods. And they're all, like, trying to beat each other. Um, which is, like, old how it is in the Torah, kind of. So it was... Uh, I mean, I, I want to say that it was maybe not difficult, but it was something I had to, like, reckon with as a young Christian boy that, like, this is a story that exists alongside the religious education that I'm receiving. Does that make sense? It does. And it's actually an interesting take because my religious education focused more on, like, when, when we were reading the Old Testament, it was like, there's one God. They're going to be like, and then the god Balal came, and Marmaduke, and Marbuk, and all these these names. <laughs> when we were talking about the Old Testament, and like any time that came up, they were like, all right, those guys are demons. Because remember when God introduced himself to Moses? He didn't say a name. He said, and this is true both... In the religious text and also the film, I am, well, like, literally, he, I can't remember, like, off the top of my head, the actual literal translation from uh, the Hebrew, but he was like, I am who I am. I am, like, as a, as a means to, I'm the guy, I'm the one, I'm the, the, I'm the thing that is always the thing. All these other things have names because they were created. Me, I don't need a name. Cause I did the creating, so that's an interesting take that I hadn't hadn't heard before. 
I, um, I've never heard that before either. That's actually really cool. Well, it's because, I mean, we're, we're kind of coming on it from the back end of history where Christianity and Judaism and all these Abrahamic religions are kind of, they're, they're very widespread. But that's... All three of them. Yes. All, all, all three of them among many others. But that's... Yeah. I honest, Honestly, part of this is because I am doing a production of The Tempest right now. And we're having yeah. a lot of discussion about how Prospero um, relates to the supernatural characters. And it, it kind of opened up for me this way of reading the Old Testament as the Jewish people kind of finding their... Um, I don't mean this in like a sacrilegious way, but you can compare the Jewish God to like the, the familiar spirit of the Jewish people... And that he he makes the the covenant with Abraham, and if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, it probably sounds like we're getting like really into the weeds here. But this is just don't worry, that's I'll bring it back to the movie. Yeah, it, just, well, I mean, just no, but read it, Exodus, just yeah. read the Bible, read but, the Pentateuch. But really, that was what I was thinking on this rewatch. Was it's like this is a movie that shows us the Jewish God in a battle with the Egyptian gods. And it is clearly from a a contemporary perspective uh, made made by people who are are Jewish and all sorts of other contemporary religions. But it's it's just intriguing to it's it's surprising to take it back to the Old Testament having having God be. Uh, the, the Jewish God be like one one God among many gods, and they have to, you know, fight each other, which which I think goes back to me struggling with the film as a kid, because you're right, Michael. It's like you said, is like taught about this thing. If you're um, Christian, the the Jewish God, which is the God of Jesus, is the one God. So having having the conflict between that that god when they're like doing their magic with the snakes and steve martin and martin short which was very fun to see them voicing these things it's just it's uh classic yeah it's an interesting counterpoint to a lot of the things that we're you know taught in school even more than like some like harry potter is not as confrontational in a way that i think prince of egypt is in terms of things that you learn about miracle like, versus magic yeah 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 so i yeah I just that was my yeah i just thought of this because we're talking about like oh the religious aspects talking about uh god i uh, the last time i watched the prince of egypt was actually like a month and a half ago give or take um, wow, how dare you not revisit it a month and a half later? You're definitely not going to remember anything about it. The bangers are Yeah, I know. Radio. That's what that's but that's why I want to ask you guys cuz you watched it tonight. Uh, uh did did you watch it on Hulu? Can we watch it for free on Hulu cuz no, we, we can't. No, it's not on Hulu Amazon. anymore cuz before cuz I for reasons I'm not going to get into on this podcast. Uh I was supposed to watch this last night and I couldn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I had the DVD checked out from the library at home cuz I saw it okay. wasn't on Hulu. Um so then I then I have to ask then I have to ask again. Um, was there like a message like right before the actual movie started to play? Yes, yes. I was going to talk yes, about that. I wanted I, to talk about that because we were talking a cool about the thing. Like, like, do you have the text for it? Do you like know uh, what it said? I, 
I can Google it real quick. Yeah, I'm sure I can find it. Because I that popped into my head, and it was like, hey, like, this is kind of, like, this is historical fiction, but, like, it's kind of not, and, like, please acknowledge that. Thank you. Oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, I, I, I can Google the images right there. takes itself very seriously. Uh, you want me to read it right now? I would, I would love that, actually. All right. Uh, let me find it. The motion picture you're about to see is an adaptation of the Exodus story. While artistic and historical license has been taken, we believe that this film is true to the essence, values, and integrity of a story that is a cornerstone of faith for millions of people worldwide. The biblical story of Moses can be found in the book of Exodus. I like that. I like that a lot. Because they're, they're acknowledging like, oh, yes, I, I thought that license was, really cool. was taken. Yeah, and it, it, I think it's something that more films could do if they wanted to. Because the amount of, like, quote-unquote Christ figures present in films um, since, I don't know, they started, um, it's not subtle. And I, I don't – I have never watched The Passion of the Christ I don't know if anything like similar to that plays beforehand, but I feel like it could, but I don't know why I, that ha- that step hasn't been taken, you know? I like to me, um, speaking from not really a religious aspect, but just as like a film aspect, I think this would be a cool thing to do in general. Like just movies like, that aren't even necessarily biblical. I think the idea of having this humble nature of before is like, this is an adaptation. If you like the real story, go back please and read check the book. it out. Read this the book. will still be a good, like we still really tried to make this a good adaptation. Like, yeah, I think it's, it's a really cool. It's an acknowledgement of we did what we could. Yeah. And it I doesn't, mean, it, the film, like, like Mark said, the film takes itself very seriously because it has to, but the creators were staying humble. Can I go off of that to talk about something with this movie that's more the perspective I'm coming from, even though I definitely want to get yeah. more of what you're no, yeah, talking yeah, about? No, no, no. But to me, watching this movie, this is a movie that's always, like, it exists for me, but I've never gone to it. But I am very well aware, as a Pixar fan and a Disney uh, animation industry fan, what Jeffrey Katzenberg, who's the head of DreamWorks, does is that, like, he quits Disney and he goes over and brings basically, we're going to do the bug movie before Disney does. And then. This is very clearly like we're going to try to beat Disney at their own game and try to, as I said earlier, try to get that second animated feature Best Picture, best picture nomination um, with a very serious movie. What this struck to me is specifically because you talked about it earlier, Hunchback Notre Dame, comparing this feels very much like an evolution of that in the sense that the worst part of Hunchback Notre Dame, you might fight me on this because I hate them, It'd be a five star movie to me, but it's a 4.5 because of it, is the gargoyles really do not work for me at all in that film. Sure. This movie only really has comedic relief in Martin Short and Steve Martin, but they are so restrained compared to the Gargoyles. Uh, and this is very much like a heavy movie throughout because that's what the story demands to be, which is also cool because it's to me at the time, if I went to go see this as like an animation fan, I have to imagine be like, you know, people, you know, American animation really, as you said, does not truly evolve yet. And all these Disney movies are said they're aiming for adults, but they still have, like, you know, the jokes for kids in them. Whereas this just totally, like, ignores that. And it's like, no, we are making a movie for adults. And I feel like this the disclaimer kind of, like, sets you up for that, too. It's like, we are taking this seriously, and you need to know that this is not going to be, like, an animated movie for kids. There will be a few jokes that maybe your kids will like, 
but it's, it's a human. Be, yeah, it's a human movie. There's humor in it because that's the human condition. But like, yes. it's a serious story. Like, yeah, people are gonna like for like to use a very abrasive example. People are gonna crack jokes at a funeral, and everyone's yeah. gonna laugh. But it's like that's just the nature of the beast. It's a serious event. You're allowed to laugh, but you need to acknowledge like, oh, this is serious. Also, we're going to talk about the gargoyles later because I have a comment. But okay. <laughs> we're not talking about Hunchback of Notre Dame. We're talking about the Prince of Egypt. That's fair. It's very fair. But no, yeah, I feel like looking at this from the perspective of this is Jeffrey Katzenberg trying to prove he's like the mind behind the Disney Renaissance type of thing is really interesting. Yeah. Because I think it both does stuff I wish the Disney Renaissance would do, and then weirdly jumps ahead in some ways to, like, Tarzan and post-Renaissance stuff. Yeah. Um, and I prefer the stuff that is more trying to perfect the Renaissance stuff than jump ahead, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Like, for example, I think it's kind of a bummer most of the songs are in montage. I wish we did get more, like, actual, like, the characters are singing personally. See- but ah, but that's why that's actually the complete opposite of me. That's why I like the way that the Prince of Egypt does the songs because it does them how everyday life is, as opposed to like in a musical, of course, heightened language piece because people are singing. People don't normally just sing to each other unless you're like me and my friends who do it because. <laughs> We have no discernible personalities other than hashtag theater kid. That's a joke. I love all my friends. We're just stupid. Um, but the way the Prince of friend. Egypt handles it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rip my friends, all one of them. It's Christian Boswell. Um, <laughs> Go on, you. sorry. No, you're good. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you're laughing at that. Um, but the way that the Prince of Egypt does it, pretty much every time that people are singing, if you look at it, the first time is people suffering together. It sounds like a song people would sing, like if they're on a chain gang breaking rocks. Oh, I think that song's great. Don't get me that song's good. No, no. That song's fine. Yeah. Well, there's that. The next song, it's a lullaby. So someone would be singing that just in life. The next one is a prayer, which is all, it's the same melody as the lullaby. It's the sister singing it. Um, every song is quote unquote more natural. It's more quote unquote realistic, true to reality, except for when, what? Mark wants to fight you. Okay. Oh, I mean, it's just diegetic might be the the term, but it's related to an old conflict on the pod. Never mind. Go on. Oh, I I didn't know it. I thought you said, let me go. And I was like, oh, (laughs) oh, brother. No, Mark and I um, had arguments about what constitutes a musical. We don't need to get into it. Yeah. Don't worry. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, the only real times that I can think of where someone singing a song is out of place is when Moses is like, this is my home the first the first time. Because they borrow that again um, during the plagues. They borrow that melodic line uh, because it's called thematic music. Oh, my God. Um but the first time he's singing like this is my home ba 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 da 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 it's a soliloquy cuz he's talking to himself the entire time as opposed to a monologue which is delivered to other people present in the room of the in the world of whatever dramatic action is happening 
But the next time that it wouldn't really make sense is um, when, like, the plagues, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna count that because that is like, that's God and the angels singing, like, hey, Ramesses, you big dumb idiot, you screwed up. But the next time, like, uh, no, I think this happened before then. I don't know the order of the, the songs. But um, when Brian Stokes, <laughs> when Brian Stokes Mitchell is singing, Lie to Lie, 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 um, it, it makes sense to have the music there, but he starts singing with the music, which is like, okay, I'll, I'll sustain my disbelief for that. But it still works because, oh, they're at a party. They're dancing. They're singing. This man is a priest. So he knows hymns. He knows these, yeah. he knows these songs to God to pray. Um, and then at the very, very end, when I don't remember their names, but uh, Moses' wife and Moses' sister are singing there can be miracles if you believe um that to me that again sounds like it would be something like a lullaby so oh this is a cultural lullaby we're singing this oh that's why everyone else starts singing too because the only times at least that i can see like i said before the the people the characters sing when it's natural except for that one soliloquy with moses yeah yeah you're describing a very rough, like, live production of The Prince of Egypt, which I would love to see based on that understanding of the place of songs in the story. Well, from what I've heard, the, the, are you familiar with the musical? Because I'm actually more familiar with the musical than I am with the movie. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with the musical, but I know it exists. Well, you know it's like a story play, right? It's not like that's the structure of it it's very like uh children of eden i actually never seen god's rule so i can't say if it's like god's oh so it's like god's a spell is bangers it's a we know we're telling you a story yes type of thing we're gonna tell you a story as opposed people... to like yeah the music man when it's like let me sing about 76 trombones yeah no yeah and no, it's better... totally fine <laughs> i feel like a comparison i could make that maybe would make more sense for me maybe not for everyone else is like it's not like the tarzan musical where they made all these characters just start singing Phil Collins songs in the words of the play, the world of the play. Is that not what the Tarzan musical is? Am I, I wrong? I haven't seen the live action. I want to know. But, but anyway, that's that's my take on the music of The Prince of Egypt. I, I like your take on the story, but I do want to also, I have one other thing about the music I wanted to say, which is that the music to me also just feels so, again, let's compare it to the Disney Renaissance, right? Like, I feel like even though obviously Elton John and Alan Menken are different composers, their music does sound like, oh yeah, that's the same genre. But then Steven Schwartz comes in and does an actual Steven Schwartz show with this music. And like, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like 100% like the Schwartz stuff I've Pippin. seen. This is yeah. just Pippin. It's Pippin. It's just, uh, at one point I was like, I just went to Mark like, lost in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was going on? <laughs> Ah, yes, I also am not a stranger to the rain, Moses. <laughs> so it's just like, to me, it's just like, whoa, like, that's another thing to me where it just definitely feels like it is, like, trying to be, like, a big, serious animated movie. Because it's like, yeah, you've seen Beauty and the Beast is a Broadway musical? Well, this is, like, legit Broadway. Like, actual, like, crazy medallies, like, stuff like that. Like, the type of, uh, as you you brought it back, like, they bring back the motifs within. Yeah. Which is a way Before... the other things don't do this. Before we go any further, I just realized, um, one, I do not remember anyone's names except for Moses, Ramesses, and um, God. Uh, I previously stated that I think I said Yohebe was the priest, 
That is not true. It is, I'm pretty sure his name is Jericho. Uh, Yohebe is uh, Moses' birth mother. Yes. I don't know that, why that information that's... just popped into my head, but if anyone's listening and they're like, this big stupid idiot doesn't know the names of the characters. First of all, you're right. Second of all, don't yell at me. I mean, to I mean be honest, a, that's an incredible deep cut for a character who doesn't really appear on screen and is only on. talked about. But you got her name right. The thing, the thing I, about the priest, his name is Jethro. It's not uh, Jericho. I mean, Jericho is the yeah. I was. It's religious. I, I just want to give you like fair cred here. Is that I'm pretty sure that if you asked me any of these characters, I'd be like, well, there's Moses, there's Moses, there's Ramsey. There is Moses and Ramsey. I also and, know Hotep and Hoy because they made me smile as a kid. Uh, I would. I was gonna say everyone else in the cell refer by their actual name. Like, oh, there's Martin Short and uh. Steve Martin, and then I'd be like, oh, Jeff Goldblum, you are at it again. Yeah. <laughs> Which we got to talk about, like, when we realized it was Jeff Goldblum. Because I was like, I think that might be Jeff Goldblum. And then we checked, mm. and then was, and then immediately afterwards just could not hear him. I'm like, well, uh, like, yeah. it's like very Jeff Goldblum. Well, uh, <laughs> hello, welcome to uh, the. Yeah. And it got to the point where at the end where like that character just stares before he crosses the red seats most where we just started laughing because <laughs> we imagine going, Looks great. Like, so like, just, like, like, wow, that's wow. A, like that's a great wave there. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing I did want to say also, that goes back to my I that that I hate to be like, this is my thesis with the movie, that this is an attempt to win an Oscar. It's a very good attempt to win an Oscar. It's yeah. not a well, knockout cast. movie at all. But that's what I was gonna say. The cast is ludicrous like Remember, ludicrously stacked. Yeah, ludicrously stacked. Um, remember, for former listeners to the podcast, that we have established that celebrity voice acting, although it's always existed, only reached a like actually became a thing that was marketed when Aladdin came out five years prior to this. I would say this is the most stacked voice cast by far in an animated movie. I'm cr- I'm trying to find just like a list of because Toy Story has a celebrity voice cast, but they're not like it's Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. And then the rest of them are, like, really good character actors. Yeah, I mean, The Lion King is up there. Yeah, You're going to look at Matthew me. Broderick and James Earl Jones. Who else? Oh, Jeremy Irons. Sorry. Nathan Lane. Nathan uh, Lane, yeah. my guy. Is yeah. Nathan also, Lane big in 94? I mean, I'm just I'm just saying that... Well, I guess I, if, if you want to talk about it that way, then I see what you mean by the voice cast is stacked. You're... Because they're all kind well, of... Well, it's like, why do Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short need to be those characters? It's not a problem that they are, but are like, why is Helen Murren the mom who has two scenes? You're going to look like... at me and tell me that Val Kilmer was just talking to himself in the scene that Moses was also just talking to God. But also, let's just read this list. Val Kilmer is Moses and God. Sandra Bullock as Miriam. That would be Moses' sister. I didn't remember her name. Uh, Steve Martin is Hotep. Martin Short is Hoy. Michelle Pfeiffer is Moses' wife, Zipporah. Patrick Stewart is Seti the First. Jeff Goldblum is Aaron. Excuse me? Oh, one of these people is probably the singing voice of Moses, but Emic Byram is Moses again. He's um, skipping one and, of the biggest names, bro. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm literally just reading the list from my oh, phone. Have you, you can't have not skip see... Boy Wonder, Bobby We will get there. We will get there. We will get there. <laughs> I'm literally staring at him. He's number two on the list. <laughs> oh, you mean the real name. I meant I meant the Boy Wonder Bobby Motown, but Danny oh, actually has. <laughs> no, don't worry. Bobby Motown. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like it's not like a stage the name they added. The no, it's still a son. 
<laughs> no, Bobby Wu-Town. Stop speaking forever. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all this to say... Wait, 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 we do have to acknowledge Ray Fiends! No. What? Ryan oh, this... Stokes Mitchell first. Okay, fine, but Ray Fiends! Schindler's List! Come on, great. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. I mean, that's that's something I remember as a kid watching this and thinking that, like, that is not Danny Glover singing. It's, like, startling. Yeah, yeah, in. very obviously not. <laughs> it's a fun fact about our little viewing experience. Um, we didn't have a speaker, so I plugged my laptop into my bass amp. So we got to feel it in, like, surround sound. When, Which sometimes was distorted, but yeah. sometimes like real, the distortion actually worked at certain scenes. You got yeah, to hear good movie for You that. got to hear the Prince of Egypt with tinnitus. Bizarre again, stacked voice cast. Why do you get Danny Glover to do two lines? Man. I mean, I don't. Act, I don't it's not a one. problem, but it's just like you know, you're trying. You're trying to win that Oscar, bro. What do you think about it as like a movie overall? Not just a piece of something from our past that we enjoy, but like overall, what do you think? I think that it perfectly exemplifies the turn of phrase, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Because if you look at it, the the parts are pretty fantastic. And when all of them come together, and I, I know I've said this earlier as a joke, but like, Truly, I would say this is a cinematic masterpiece because it is so well done. It is well written in that they did the thing. They took a story and then retold it, but like in an entertaining and fresh way, especially because the the market, especially in like movie musical territory. Now it's just remake after remake after remake. That was like, that was you a pretty. That, but I'm sure this will get a remake at some point again. It, this it already is a did. remake. This it, is a remake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They wrote Exodus before the Prince of Egypt. You're right. Um, but it already has. This is a good movie. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not. I never said those words. I know, but you're like defensive. <laughs> you're defensive. But it already has one. It it has the live stage musical adapt- adaptation. So when it's the first of its kind in however many years since the Ten Commandments first came out, and it was at a time when it was like right in a perfect pocket where like, oh, the older siblings could watch it because they could understand the actual plot and get like, oh, this is what's going on. And the younger siblings could get it because they were like, I read up. Well, and I, I'm speaking from my own experience. Oh, I read about the Moses story in Bible class today at school. So not only was it a great film for one generation, it was a great film for multiple layers of the same generation teetering on multiple generations depending on if your parents liked animation or if you made your grandparents watch it with you or whatever um so i would say it is not only a movie for uh just kids like danny said earlier this they it has a heavy focus on an older audience because of the themes yeah, um, I also wanted to say, well, before I get into overall thoughts, because I think that's where we're headed, I wanted to say one thing I really like about this version of the movie, which, as someone who, again, grew up with Ten Commandments, and I think it's really cool that, well, first, I just want to make this one point about Ten Commandments versus this. I think it's really cool that the story exists in a three-hour-long, like, live-action epic format, 
and then also in this 90-minute movie and animated musical format, because those are such widely different genres, and yet, I I still, I again, I haven't watched the Ten Commandments forever, but I remember actually liking it compared to some of the other movies my dad showed me. So the fact that this story exists so well in that genre and so well in this genre shows just how rich the text of Exodus is, really. Yeah. And you were mentioning this when we were watching it, like how perfect it is like that the story of Exodus naturally has a third act with the Red Sea. Yeah. Um, like big third, and it's like always great. It's like the plagues are the big, the big midpoint, and then you have some downtime when Pharaoh lets them go, and then the climax is the Red Sea. Yes. I wouldn't even say that. I, well, I, uh, if we're going to go on a play format, I would say crossing the Red Sea is like act three drama because they're like, we, we got to go. They're yeah. coming after us. But then um, where the Prince of Egypt ends and where the Ten Commandments keeps going, they get the Ten Commandments. And I it's been so so long since i've watched that movie do they get to the golden calf part yes no. yeah exactly no, they, no no sorry and the ten commandments they do in they prince do. of egypt they don't no no, no i know that, that's what i meant that's what i meant in the ten commandments yeah he throws because, it down and like yeah and it uh, shatters and that's what yeah. i was talking about like the the bad storm cgi um but it's that's six forget no no i know <laughs> I'm I'm teasing. I'm I know. I know. I'm just, I'm just going back. I'm like, please forgive 1956. <laughs> yeah, that that needs to be forgiven. Um, <laughs> but I think that's why both of those films work so well, and why I didn't really consider The Prince of Egypt a remake of The Ten Commandments because The Ten Commandments tells the five act story of yeah, Exodus. Fair. Because yeah. like Act Four is when they like start screwing up and they're like, hey guys, why are you doing this? And then Moses <laughs> gets mad and hits a rock with his staff and then God's like, hmm, you're never gonna enter the promised land. Nerd. Um and then Exodus just kind of like ends there, to my recollection. But Prince of Egypt, they were like, we are Moses is gonna save us. Moses saved us. And that's why it ends on the uptick of Act 3 because it's a happy ending because <laughs> while it's focusing on the adults, it's still a kid's movie. Yeah, we uh, we stayed after the credits and there's like a nice little thing where there's like an epitaph from uh, both the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the Quran that all mention how Moses was chosen by God. Yep. But I have a, I have a joke I need to make where it's like, imagine if instead the post credit scene was, he comes down with those commandments and goes, what have you done? And then you get the caps. No, it's actually, no, they cut it and it's actually just a shot for shot remake of the scene from the Ten Commandments, but it's Jerry Seinfeld as Moses. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> no, what is going on? Oh, um, okay, but the one thing I want to say this movie does that Ten Commandments doesn't, I don't think I've seen in any other version of the Exodus story, is it actually takes time to personify Ramses' son before he dies, which I think is a crazy choice to do in a good sense, because, like, it makes you feel actually Ramses' sorrow for losing his son. Yeah, it's I not like just, it's just super not, important. yeah, Sorry. it's not like, uh, no, you're good, it's not like the, um, the classic thing where it's like, look at this character for five seconds and they die. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. Ramsey's yeah. like actually cares about his child. That's pretty wacky. And it's also just crazy that of all the adaptations do, it's the animated musical that's like, well, yeah, yeah, a child died and who was like an actual child with like wants. Oh and no, needs. 
a lot of children died. And I think they did, they did that really well with like the very, very subtle, uh, voice acting of the gasps of the, or the, the sound effects of like, uh, the very specific scene where it's like, you see the, the light come down, you see the angel of death come down, you see that, uh, shadow projected on the wall and you see like this child's soul leave his body and then collapse and then you hear the mom scream and you're like oh fuck oh yeah that's such a oh a mother just found her child dead that's horrific that that would really this that that scene would really be my like ari aster what movies scared you as a kid and like what you take with you in in your like art in the future me with the hieroglyphs yeah, yeah, it's like I think about that quite yeah. often. Yeah. I and, I have one oh sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, no, you go, you no, go, you go. I have one last thing I want to talk about personally with this movie, okay. and then I can be I will be wrapped up. I don't know if you guys want to still talk about like religious stuff, we can still get into that. But and and the reason I'm cutting you off is because it actually through the hieroglyphics scene. Is yeah. that as this is an animation history podcast, specifically about Pixar one thing that this to me feels like a leap forward in is that obviously in Beauty and the Beast and Hunchback Notre Dame and all the like of course Cave of Wonders, all these movies work on combining CGI with traditional animation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the obvious pinnacle in this is tre- uh, first Iron Giant and then Treasure Planet. I think those are the yeah. two that finally nail it. That said, I think this movie has some points where it looks iffy, but the payoff of the Red Sea actually, like, lifting up in CGI Ooh, is, yeah, like, I feel like so the cool. best-looking like, oh, use the, of this type of style And they're just in walking animation through up to the aquarium. It's so good. But I'm talking, I'm talking very specifically the oh, like, rise of the rise, water and then the fall um, of the water looks so great. Mm-hmm. Like, it is stunning. It's absolutely stunning animation. The whole movie is stunning animation. One thing I also point out to Mark, which isn't about CGI, is that I noticed they animate the red dyed water and the blood differently that, you know, you're mm-hmm. so used to getting seeing live action versions of the story where like the water is just dyed blood, but no, in this it is they blood can, and it's, they th- can, they can mess with the viscosity yes. in a way that it's like, Oh, by the way, just so yeah. you know, Steve Martin and Mr. Short, they're actually just playing you from that's Kool-Aid. They got Kool-Aid in that bowl. This guy yeah. turned the entire fucking river into blood except for that little pool where he was standing which was a very important animated touch because they animate the water moving and as it moves through his little circle it's water the second it leaves his little circle back to blood and i think that's really really cool in general this is just such a gorgeously animated film it's so detailed it's so detailed even the even the basic shots where i'm like there's not really a cgi element it's not like a stylistic change i think about it's obvious, but like the shots of the pharaoh with um his like monument behind him and in he's the background, just in line with it, yes. And then the next time we see that same exact shot, it's Ramesses. Yes, then his dad's sphinx. There's then such his. A, there's such and then a he's overshadowing his father. It's so good. I think about this quote that I remember I got really mad at once from the Avatar: The Last Airbender guys back when they were working on the Netflix show adaptation where they were like we want to make a we want to remake it because we want to make it more cinematic i was like what are you talking about that show is one of the most cinematic things i've ever seen because of how it knows how to do shot compositions and i had a very similar thought while watching this and just seeing like how it constantly composes its characters against the scale 
how it knows where to put the air quotes camera to make the most dynamic shot. Like, this is a beautiful movie, not only in, of course, the animation, the fluidity of the animation, but how it chooses to present itself positionally. Well, and that's the beauty of animation. You yeah. can choose whatever shot you want. If but you this can, is like if you can create expert. it, this is <laughs> this is just proof of how imaginative uh, the animators and storyboard artists and directors were for this movie because it looks quote unquote so cinematic. Yes, hundred percent. And then you also get like these crazy shots that only animation can do. The one this will be the last shot I specifically call out, mm-hmm. but it's um I. I think it's during the plague song. I'm not sure. I don't. It's the first time I sing it, so I can't name the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it becomes a split screen of, of Moses and Ramesses, and, and they're doing and they're a like, little back and forth. And the and colors. Like, yeah, and then it like stretch, squatches and stretches them just to their side profiles. Yeah, in a way and that would like, only work in animation, and it's yeah. so great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, Michael, do you have? What other what other things do you have, do you have anything else you that really jumped out at you about it? Um, just talking about like feeling empathy for these characters because they decided like oh we're gonna make these kids like kids. Um, going back to the hieroglyphic scene right afterwards when when Moses was like, "Papa, you murdered the babies," and Pharaoh was like, "Oh, they were only slaves," and I was like, "Wolf." Because even a line, going back to, remember, hey, you're watching a movie that is important to millions of people's fades. This, this happened. Because when, when, we're, when we're watching an animated film, when we're watching a movie, we're like, oh, I'm, I'm more upset that the dog died than the people died. Because we know that they didn't. But when, when we're doing historical fiction, a historical film... Schindler's List, for example, or like literally any, or like, um, like Saving Private Ryan, any of those movies where it's like at the very beginning, Hey, this actually happened. Just keep that in mind. And you're watching these actors or hearing these actors and seeing the animation. You're hearing them tell this truth in such a way that resonates with that message. And you're like, Oh my God, wait, this actually happened. This person actually died. Like, Someone held this person in their arms as they stopped being in this reality. And I think that line of they were only slaves, seeing how people used to and still do view other human beings as not people is is one of many reasons why this film holds up to today, because it still is the case unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah it yeah it's a movie that one everything you says true but it also just feels to me like this is me like film scholarly kind of but it also yeah, yeah, feels yeah. so remarkably ahead of its time in terms of what it's trying to do in animation yeah um even though as i said it is trying to evolve from that disney style yeah and make its own thing it makes sure. me want to finally check out like even though i know world road to dorado is more like funny but it makes me want to Check that out and Spirit. I know Spirit is attempting to be serious, is the thing. Sinbad and Rodel Dorado are trying to be funny. And I think, I always think about people who are like, why didn't the Lion King people ever make a follow-up that was more serious? And then everyone's like, well, actually, the Hunchback of Notre Dame was that. You just don't realize that. But I'm like, well, I want to know what the Prince of Egypt people follow-up would have been, even though I 
obviously we know Brenda Chapman didn't make another movie till Brave, but I don't know about these other two when they ever did anything. Actually, yeah, I think I, too. Oh no, I was gonna actually say, uh, one of these directors. Do you want to know his only ever film he directed is? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. Okay, wait, okay. Did you see what it is? What? So do you remember earlier what you said the post credit scene of this movie should be? <laughs> oh, where it's Jerry live Seinfeld? action cut for cut Jerry Seinfeld, yeah. So what if instead it was Jerry Seinfeld as a B doing it? Absolutely, I agree. I think that the B movie is a direct sequel to uh It's the, the same director as this. One of the other directors, not Brenda Chapman did that afterwards so and you know left. what they were really going for those themes of like making honey for the white man what a line from a film by the way um <laughs> we're looking at these, the director's follow-up this, this director lineup is kind of like the beatles <laughs> like they really had a great collaboration okay well to be fair this like... other guy that we're about to mention before this he made balto an american tale feeble goes west so he made other good I'm things. sorry, an American tale. Who goes west? I've never seen these <laughs> movies. <laughs> You've never seen, these... seen an American? You don't know about Fievel and his terrible, honest, terrible the rendition one I, of somewhere out there Moonlight? The one here I didn't read is the only one I think I've seen, which is We're Back, a dinosaur story. And that's Bang. only because that's I That's a remember... fantastic film. Well, I only remember it because I think there was a song from it that I would always repeat as a child going, It's party time! It's party time! And I don't know if it's from We're Back at the Dinosaur Story, but that's what my mind is I can to. promise you that it's not. Well, I don't uh, know what it's from. And I'm pretty not, sure I remember the dinosaur. I remember the dinosaurs like walking down the street, you know, and singing. Yeah, and, like, because John Goodman plays a T-Rex. I mean, I honestly amazing. would not remember. Let's be real. I would not remember any, like childhood john goodman role because solely and pacha oh. kind of exist no let me like solely and pacha are where like he begins to me do you know uh where john goodman is from probably st louis st louis missouri i mean i like john goodman he's a he's an international treasure anyway do we want to see what this director called up puts of each of what oh the other one yeah go for it uh well he made an, a live action movie that uh is not relevant because i don't think you'd know it but his last film he made was in 2011 he's still alive he just has not been able to get a budget. Uh, actually, yeah, he went... <laughs> this is actually so sad. After his 2011 movie, he goes back to work just as a story artist. He is no longer allowed to direct films. And that's because he He's no directs... longer allowed or he doesn't want to? Uh, uh, we're, painting, we're painting a pretty picture here with a few details. But... Uh, the box... Well, the movie is called Mars Needs Moms. I don't know. Oh if my God! It. No, uh, I lost one hundred and forty-four million dollars. Wow. <laughs> it made thirty-nine million worldwide on a hundred and fifty million dollar budget. It's so sad. It really does just like. <laughs> let's let's end on Prince of Egypt because we do this sometimes. What Good. would be great, Prince of Egypt? And it Four. doesn't have to be like out of stars. It's, it could be like I give it this many pyramids type of thing. But like, wait, what would we give that Four. one time? Just giving him four? Yeah. <laughs> Just four? Okay. I will say this. Uh, it's one of the few movies that we've enjoyed watching, and now I think talking about it more has made me excited to like see it again. I think normally it's like if you go in and you really enjoy a movie, then the podcast kind of you know gives you conflicting things and makes you hate it more and then if you dislike a movie i go into the podcast and i usually come out liking it this is a movie i watched liked it now i like it more yeah um this is the first time i've watched it um so obviously i can't say i like it more but i i do feel like it feels like to me on first watch a solid 
four out of five movie. With potential um, to go up, because I don't I like going high a, on my I first would, watch. I'd go, you know? I'd go higher than a four out of five. Well, you just said a four, so what was it supposed Not to be? Not out of five, Michael. <laughs> um, I'm going to derail the precedent that you have both set, and I would say that it is an A movie. And I'll, say it's, an a, cool. I'll say it's an A movie, because um, most people that you ask, like, oh, would you watch The Prince of Egypt again? They'll say yes, and to me, I if... If it is below an A movie, you don't rewatch that. Because if it's a B, you're like, that was a good movie. I have seen that movie. I do not need to watch it again. If it's a C, you're like, I guess that was okay. DNF, trash. But like, for example, no. A movie. Would watch that again. So, Prince of Egypt, from me, solid A. All right. There uh, you have it. Um, all Michael, right. you got anything you got to plug? Um... Follow me on Instagram at Mixage, M-I-C-K-S-I-G. If you are in the New York City area and would like to learn how to juggle, I will do that in exchange for dollars. He taught me, and I currently use it to get jobs. So. You're welcome. That's, he has yeah. not taught me, but I am so uncoordinated that it would not be a good use of time. It's time to... Should I say what we're doing next time? Should I say what we're doing next time so we can end? Yes. All right, so next time we go on another... Detour! Detour. What is it? What's the movie? Well, it's actually funny. We kept talking about like CGI combined with traditional animation because our next movie is The Iron Giant because, of course, The Iron Giant is directed by Brad Bird who goes on to do Incredibles and Ratatouille for Pixar. So uh, next week is the Iron Giant, and our guest is Tanner Garen. Tanner Garen. Tanner. So, all right, bye. Looking for the Ocean, a Pixar podcast, is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. Our original logo was designed by Sarah Knopf. And you can find us at Facebook at Looking for the Ocean, a Pixar Journey. You can find us on Twitter at Pixar Journey and on Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod. You can also email us at Looking for the Ocean Pixar at gmail.com. If you want to know what I'm up to, everything is available on my website, markyoungperformer.com. You can listen to my other two podcasts, Wise with Ty and Dan and The Snub Club, wherever you can find your podcasts. You can also find me on Letterboxd at Blank Mints for all my takes on all of the movies. We'll see you next time. See you next time.